Mango Mustache Media. L.A.S. The L.A.S. Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Hey, I'm Sarah Van Cleve, a biracial single mom adoptee raised by an all-white family. And I'm Caleb Scales, a proud gay man, restaurant savant, who will make the best flipping margarita you've ever had. And this is Othered, a podcast for those who feel different. Each episode, we'll be having conversations about racism, homophobia, holistic health, drinking, sex, drugs, yoga, 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 yoga. Yogurt. (laughs) This podcast comes out every Thursday for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want bonus episodes, ad-free listening, discounts at our live events, and exclusive access to merch, then subscribe to LAS Plus. Go to LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus to get started. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Sarah. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Kayla. Oh my God, I love that for us. I feel like I'm trying too hard now. You are, but I like it. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Caleb. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. L-A-S. Welcome back to another episode of One Word Stories. I'm your host, Alex Schulte, and this is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. I am joined by a very special guest today. She traveled all the way in from Los Angeles to be here with me today. Oh, wait. She just corrected me. Las Vegas. That's <laughs> I did so much uh, uh, research on my guest today. I actually did, and I'm really excited to have her here. But before I get to her... Her name's on the podcast. Yes, I'm not going to introduce her yet. This show is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. If you want to support this show and other shows, shows like this one, feel free to go to LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus to subscribe to LAS Plus, where you're going to get bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, exclusive content, merch, discounts at our live events, and a lot more. Also, there's a post show, so my guests and I are actually going to hang out for a bit after this episode's done recording and play some games, maybe hang out, crack a beer, who knows what's going to happen. But if you want that, you got to subscribe to LAS+. Plus. So, with all that being said, I think I need to introduce today's guest. I wrote it down on my laptop, which I left in the other room. So, please forgive me when I get all of this wrong, Gina, okay? Got it. Okay. So, this is, she is the production manager of dopery at one of the <laughs> at one of the we should just leave it at that I uh, just period Dope. she That's is it. the production manager of dopery at one of the most successful online shoe distributors in the entire world my guest today is none other than Gina Bjorn Gina Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. 
thanks for being here. Excited to have you here. Um, you're amazing. Uh, you're you're what you've quickly over the past few years become one of my favorite people. I also didn't introduce the fact that we are actually cousin in law cousins in law. Yeah. Now. Now. We are related by Since marriage. May. Congratulations. Thank you. On marrying my cousin Haley. Yeah, thank you. That's super exciting. You should really congratulate her, but I'll take it for I now. have congratulated <laughs> her, but she hasn't said yes to coming on my podcast yet. So this is kind of weird because I, no, all my producers d- couldn't produce this episode. So I'm actually sitting outside the booth looking at you through a window right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be... It's a little creepy. It's a little weird. I have no, I don't like looking at you through a window. Oh, I, I still kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll do the whole thing from here. The distance helps. It does. You know? In the COVID age, you know, it may be good to have a big pane of glass. Oh, that's a good point. In between us. I'm feeling quite healthy. How are you feeling? I feel great. We should share the room. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's introduce today's word. Okay. Because you and I were, were talking about what we should have today's word be. And it's something that you and I both share. Yes. But we might not always have. Right. So let's have Al bring in the word. Today's episode is brought to you by the word... Confidence. Gina. Alex. Thank you for joining me on this show. I'm Now I'm sitting in the same room with you and now we're actually doing this show. Yeah, I gotta say, I really enjoy watching you wear both hats as that, producer that was and host. Chaos. That was utter chaos just now, and I hated every moment of it. This is why we... I was impressed. I enjoyed it. I pressed... No one's going to hear it because I'm going to edit this opening to make it sound a little bit more professional, but for those that don't know, I completely butchered this opening. Forget professional. (laughs) Life's not fun when you're just professional. Everything's a gift, right? And that's where our confidence comes from. Ooh, look at that. I brought up the word. So look at you. So really quick before we jump into confidence and all the great things that you are, who are you? Tell me, can you give me like the a couple minute elevator pitch of who is Gina Bion? Elevator pitch. So like sell myself. I don't that puts a lot of pressure on it and I don't mean to do that. Okay. So my name is Gina Bion. I'm 35. I'm from LA, which is why you got that part a little mixed up. <laughs> That's but right. I live in Vegas now. I've yes. been living in Vegas on and off for the past, let me do some quick math, uh, 17 years. Wow. What? Yeah. On and off. Oh, I had no idea it was that long. Well, I grew up in LA my whole life and then, well, suburb outside of LA and um, moved to Vegas for college. When I was 18. By the way, no one here is going to call you out for saying you're from L.A., but actually from the burbs. Only people in L.A. will call you out for that, I would think. <laughs> are you actually from L.A. or are you from the suburbs? Yeah, I mean, L.A. County. Yeah, no. Yeah. Here in Cedar Rapids, that's that's L.A. enough, okay? So yeah. from L.A., living in yeah. Vegas now, neighbors with the uh, the Golden Knights, your, oh, your, yeah. your hockey team. Go Knights, go. I don't, I don't know. You guys got arena football now. You have a pro team too, right? Yeah, we have the Raiders. The Raiders play there now. Yeah. So Vegas is ha- a lot of things are happening in Vegas besides there are Gina rumors Bion, that we're somehow. getting the A's too for baseball. Oh really? Which I'm from Oakland. Excited. We're apparently stealing all the Oakland teams, which is just sad. Well, I mean Vegas is kind of on the up and up right now. It seems. Yeah, I mean it's always been a huge sports city, um, but I think that they were trying to avoid having. Sp- teams there because of the betting i don't know Mm. but it is definitely having a big boom that actually makes a lot of sense because it might be kind of dangerous to have something that's so addicting like that in vegas of all places yeah but at the same time i would think the opposite like vegas would be like oh yeah let's get the teams here so they can gamble i think because it's such a transplant city 
people thought that you know these teams wouldn't get adopted by the locals but i mean mm. the golden knights kicked it off and so everyone's why, a huge hockey fan now. why are you in vegas so i went to vegas for school uh i went to unlv um basically i just wanted to get out of california which i'm sure sounds odd to some people no i think everybody kind of wants to get out of where they're from for a while yeah if you not know, forever you know, I, I didn't I wasn't able to appreciate Cedar Rapids until I lived in Chicago for six years. Right. So I mean I went to I went to high school I went to you know, elementary, middle school, high school in the same city. And uh it was great but uh, by the time I, I was about to go to college I just wanted to get away and experience something different. I mm, felt mm-hmm. very I felt like I had to live up to a certain expectation of who I was mm. rather than who I really was. Mostly I was closeted all throughout my life until I went to college. This is amazing Mm -hmm. because I want to find out where that all comes from, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to get there yet. Mm -hmm. I want to stay here. Let's, let's work our way back slowly to get to that point and then find out about Gina in high school, going into college, being super confused. Like the world is forcing you to choose what you want to do for the rest of your life and you don't know yet. Yeah. So right now, how's life? Life is great. You know? Uh, just got married. Yes. To your cousin. Yes. Um, that happened in May. And uh, and that wedding got postponed. Yeah, COVID uh, did a number on us. We were supposed to get married uh, May of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up pushing it to May of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, Much smaller wedding than anticipated. Yeah, it went from like planned. 150-ish to I think like 30 of us were there. Yeah, It was wild. just immediate families and wedding party. Yep. And then um, we had our little uh, Cedar Rapids party in September, which was nice. Yeah, we did that at uh, Stillwater Cafe. Yeah, that was Stillwater great. Stillwater Coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, that's such a great place, too. That was such a wonderful wedding yeah, reception. Yeah, it was beautiful. And there was that, like, pond outside. Yes, and then was... we went to Basics afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, I think Cedar Rapids <laughs> got a bit of a show with our friends <laughs> yeah dude. all of our friends came in from vegas and la and all over and they were I just know. causing a ruckus and i i your friends are like gorgeous is the <laughs> funny part so they're like stepping into basics and everybody's just like oh my god who are these like america's next top models just hanging out with us right now uh, it was it was such a freaking treat it was so fun and they're they're physically gorgeous but they're gorgeous on the inside they're all beautifully rounded people yeah you know i only got a, a a small taste of what you and Haley have in friendship and love out in vegas but they were awesome yeah i we definitely really have like them. a family out there and it's great family yeah right family a, a lot of people you know have to have to make their own family sometimes mm-hmm. um, i'm not saying that you're in this position or Haley's in this position because i know you have a really good special relationship with your sister mm-hmm. but um you know, it's it's great when you're able to go somewhere away from home and create your family. Oh, yeah. You know? I did that a lot in life. So, but I feel like that only happens to you because you're confident. Yeah. I think, you know, the confidence thing is funny because I, I would definitely, I think a lot of people would use that word to describe me now. I know Haley does a lot. I would definitely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't always start there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had a lot of insecurities when I was younger. Right. And um, Oh, you're m- human? Yeah. What? Oh, hey. Just the producer of 
dopeness and also human. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to say that in the opening. I'll edit it in. I'll go back. And human, Gina Beyond. And then I'll probably press the wrong button again. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But yeah, like, when in your life, how old were you when you finally felt like, I'm pretty confident right now? You know, it's interesting because I would have said, maybe a few years ago, I would have said, uh, maybe in my 20s, after coming out of the closet, after getting a couple relationships under my belt, um, something like that. But now I'm realizing that, like, there was always a bit of confidence that came from different parts of my life, even when I was at my most insecure, even when um, I felt really out of place. uh, It's still kind of, there were things that, like, a good example is, like, in high school. I don't know if you want me to go back this far yet. I can't stop it. The train's moving. (laughs) Let's go there. Um, You know, I grew up in a neighborhood that's you know about 60 65 percent asian okay um i think 22 ish percent korean specifically which i'm korean so growing up um i was surrounded by people who look like me which is a huge advantage yeah um it's a huge um and it's definitely not the norm in america to to not to be um uh, well, it, it is the norm in America to grow up around people who look like you, but mm-hmm. that's only because we're predominantly white here. Right. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, not not the case in California as much, but yeah. it's a huge privilege, right, to grow up around a group of people who look like you, come from the same culture as you. So I never quite realized it until recently, you know, with a lot of the learning that I've done, uh, of the privilege that I have, <clears throat> that a lot of my confidence did come from an early age of being mm. around people who look like me. I've never had... Um, I've never felt a stigma of getting on the phone and speaking Korean to mm. my family. Never felt weird about that. Um, oh, you do speak Korean? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were bilingual. Yeah. Are um, you only bilingual? Are you trilingual? Am no, I, no, no. Am I missing some stuff I'm here? actually not great at learning languages. Really? It's, um, Korean is just like, officially it's probably the first language I learned because it was at home. Oh, really? But I had no idea. I'm more comfortable in English, definitely. But I'm conversational, pretty fluent in Korean. Got it. Um, I couldn't have like a board meeting in Korean. But <laughs> couldn't talk just about like getting by and talking. Q1. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I've I realized that I realized more recently that uh, I had confidence in different ways in an early age, just because mm. of my circumstances. Mm. So just being around, these and that people. comes from the supportive. Uh, 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 upbringing you had, yeah, and the the it takes a village, right? Yeah. So it, it, you had all these supportive adults in your life and supportive mm-hmm. kids around you mm-hmm. that that just kind of naturally came. Yeah, I've I've always felt really comfortable and very proud of being Korean, being Asian, being in these communities. Um, See, but there are kids who still have that, mm-hmm. who have all those those advantages of being raised by um, like minded people, people who look like them, so they don't necessarily feel like an outcast which shouldn't be the case anyway but it is Mm -hmm. the nature of the beast here um but they don't have that confidence you know there's definitely a chance that you would have had the same upbringing and still not be confident so i think there's just something in your dna that makes you um gravitate towards people easily have conversations with people easily connect with people Mm -hmm. and i don't know you love easily right um you don't seem like the kind of person that holds a grudge too badly Depends. I get. I, I know we all do. I know we all do. <laughs> yeah. But you seem like a very understanding person of other people's flaws. Yeah, I would say that I I get over things easily too. 
you know, I will hold a grudge until you make me not, and then I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, you're describing a Leo, which is a funny thing because I know that you said that oh, you don't like astrology. Yeah. So when I we before we started the episode, I was like, what are, what are the things that describe you? You know, you're my cousin-in-law. You're the education. Or sorry, you're the editorial production manager at this very successful shoe ret- retailer who are purposefully not naming so we could keep you maybe a little bit anonymous here <laughs> but you're also a leo and i don't know anything about um uh astrology yeah i only know a little bit i know well i maybe know more than the average but not more than the average person lately <laughs> so what does it mean that you're a, why did, why does being a leo make you confident uh leos are or so they leo leo is leo the lion right so leader of the pack I like to say king of the jungle. <laughs> super confident, Tip super of loyal. Pride rock, just yeah. roaring. Got yeah. It. Basically, Mufasa. You're ba- right. Well, do you want to be. Mufasa's awesome, but he. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but he dies. Yeah, let's just cut that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert for those who are still waiting to watch Lion King, you might not want to listen to this episode. Sorry. Um, no, I mean, we're. We tend to be. We're very outgoing. We're very personable. Uh, we are fiercely loyal. Um, but also we are sensitive, like we get Mm. our feelings hurt, but we can also like turn it around pretty quickly. Um, we, you see, you don't strike me as a sensitive person. You, you strike me as a uh, thick skinned. It depends. It depends. Like if you're making a joke or like, we're just like, you know, shooting the shit, I'm not going to get offended easily, Mm -hmm. but you know. I mean, we all have incidences. Yeah. You know? Like, I think I think I come off as a confident person, uh-huh. but I'm so sensitive. Yeah. It's the smallest things hurt. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I'm sure... we. So we were at our, our Schulte Christmas just two days ago mm-hmm. before recording this. This is coming out in January, but we were... You're back in town for Christmas right yeah. now, which is the only reason I'm able to get you on the show. Yeah. But I'm sure something was said to me then. I was like, oh, you know? Like, literally, I was holding my baby cousin, uh, Bella. She's four years old. She pulled open my shirt and looked down my shirt and saw all the hair on my chest and went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then I got a little bit self-conscious. I was like, oh, man, is that, <laughs> am I gross? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's always something. That's a terrible example of, like, something to actually be insecure about. That's just a cute moment that I found a perfect <laughs> time to share with everyone. But... I've got tons of insecurities, things about my body that I try to cover up yeah. by wearing different clothes. I, um, you know, oh man, I don't know how vulnerable I want to get right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, everyone has insecurities, um, but that doesn't mean you can't be confident, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have tons of insecurities, but overall, I think I'm a pretty great person. I think so, you know? too, yeah. <laughs> so and maybe that's maybe that's the key, right? That's That sounds like a big thing where confidence can come from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the best to be the best person I can be. Right. I'm constantly improving myself, and I'm speaking generally. I'm not sp- mm-hmm. saying specifically about me, but I would like to think that I'm doing these things. Right. I'm constantly improving myself, maybe going to therapy, maybe um, trying medication if that's the case, if mm-hmm. I need that. Yeah. Um, and being honest with those who are closest to me. You know, a lot of people shield a lot of their insecurities and things that they're worried about from the people who are closest to them, and then they feel like they're bearing the load by themselves. Yeah. But if you have that team with you, I don't know, maybe it's easier to be confident. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a big thing. I used to not really talk about the things that were bothering me as much, and I've gotten better about that in recent years. Especially with your family. Yeah. You know, like, you've got people who are who love you unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what's happening, no matter the condition, yeah. they love you. 
Yeah, I've always felt lucky. I've always had like a close group of friends that I consider consider family. Mm -hmm. And um, that's always helped for sure. Mm -hmm. Just feeling like you're not alone in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's go back in the timeline then. Okay. Okay. Speaking on more confidence here and maybe where Mm -hmm. this confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the time. I'm really excited to get to um, when you came out in your 20s and had a few of your first relationships. Mm -hmm. But um, really quickly before that, I've been asking my guests this season, this this season, because I think it's so interesting. Did you have anything, any plans that got completely cut off by COVID besides the wedding, obviously, like career wise? What kind of things came to a halt in March 2020 for you when the pandemic started? career wise. I feel like my career didn't, I mean, there were struggles that we had to deal with, um, but it didn't halt anything as far as. do exactly your job? So I produce all of our photo shoots for my company. Um, So essentially what that means is um, we will do these photo shoots for all of our campaigns. And uh, my job is to hire and cast models, uh, photographers, if necessary, if we're not working with our internal team to book locations, um, you know, where we're going to all the travel, things like that. Um, I have a team that I work with of stylists, photographers, art directors, other producers. And um, yeah, that's kind of what we do. And this is where you met my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. She's a stylist. She is a stylist. One of the best in the world. She is. She is the best, yeah. for sure. I I'm mean, very proud of her. I, I heard that she applied for like a job of like a thousand people applied for. I don't know. And um, she got the one. Yeah, it's funny. She was a, she started as an intern. And um, I wasn't even there when she first started. I was, I was traveling at the time. And so I think I, I was in Europe and I think I came back. And she was already halfway through her internship, mm. and I just kind of met her for a second. And um, they were like, yeah, we're going to give her a full-time job. Was it love at first sight? No. no. Definitely not. Um, really? Not to say she wasn't beautiful, but she looked like a child. She was like... <laughs> Haley has a young face. Yeah, she was like 22, I think, at the time. Uh, we have a little bit of an age. We're like six years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just still looked like she was in college. Mm-hmm. She had her like... 22 is in college. It's a senior in college, you know. So, no, I didn't notice her at all. I was like, oh, she looks very young. She looked like Taylor Swift. (laughs) She had, like, all these, like, dresses and, like, red lips, yellow blonde hair. I was just like... the transformation of Haley over the last few years is also something that needs to be talked about, I think. For anybody <laughs> that cares, you know, she has really come into her own as well. Yeah, I think she moved. Once she came back for a full-time position, I think... You know, we all became friends. She became very close with our group of friends. And um, I think she just felt like she could become herself more. Mm-hmm. And she just, she changed pretty rapidly. It, it was a huge surprise to find out she was dating a woman. Yeah. Like, because uh, she had always dated men. Yeah. And and uh, some of my best friends. Were, yeah. She was in a long relationship with one of my best friends. Yeah. You know? So I would go on double dates with Haley and stuff. And, yeah. and it was, it was, uh, it was just like a whoa uh, congratulations you know of course it was all positive but it was it was a huge surprise you know what's funny is like and i don't know that the family or anyone really knows this but Haley is really not gay i right. would say right she's i think she wouldn't bisexual. she wouldn't sexual i don't even she doesn't like labels she's never found a woman attractive before she's not sure that she would ever find a woman attractive again if we ever broke up she never 
if we're watching a movie or like something, she's never like, oh, that woman's hot or that actress is hot. That's just not mm-hmm. really what she's attracted to, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? She kind of falls in love with the person, right? That's, that's amazing. That's how she truly feels, at least once we started dating. Right. But um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't call Haley gay. I would say now, I guess, because she's married to a woman, sure. <laughs> it's pretty gay. <laughs> it is. It's pretty gay. No, I don't, and I've been like, you know, you're basically a lesbian, babe. You know, you're married to a woman. <laughs> it's like the gayest thing you could do. Yeah. But, I mean, it's that's why I think titles are bad for some people. Absolutely. I mean, and as a society, we're definitely yeah. inching me, away from that. Definitely gay. Right. You, but, you, you do not have any attraction to men? Um... You know, if we're on the Kinsey scale kind of thing, I do find men attractive. Like, I can easily say, like, that's a hot guy. Right. It helps that that's part of my job is to look for attractive Oh, sure. You you hire models. (laughs) it doesn't mean that I'm um, turned on by a guy. Mm. I'm definitely not. Got it. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I can also point out an attractive man. Yeah, but I have friends that, like, they're like, no, that's gross. I don't even want to call a guy hot. For me, I'm like, I can easily say that guy's hot. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The idea of seventeen again, uh, <laughs> Zach Efron. Come yeah. on, Bas- Yeah, that's it. I got no. My sorry, ideal Baywatch. Man. Baywatch. Uh, Zach Efron. Uh, How about High School Musical Three? Zach Efron. I really like Zach Efron. Yeah, I'm more of a. <laughs> you know, I love David Beckham. Yeah, that's he's a good an looking dude, man. Yeah, his wife's hotter, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> she is though. Uh, uh, you know, I've always told Haley though, if I were to ever, I would leave you. For one man, and yeah. it would be Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, huh? Because he's just just you just the perfect. You love specimen. a shortstop, huh? You know, he is the reason I fell in love with baseball. So that's that's where I'll go with that. I'm like, babe, I would just leave you. Age Sorry. is just the number too, because Derek Jeter's got to be like 50 now. I think he's in his mid 40s. He's definitely in his mid 40s. <laughs> I I overshot that quite a bit. Also has a beautiful wife though. He's Derek Jeter. Yeah. Gee, I would think so. You know. Well, she has a beautiful husband. Yeah. Um, so so let's go co- let's go back to that then. Okay. When you came out. When I came out, um I was so I came out in phases. Uh the first time I really had to confront it, I was eighteen. It was my second semester of college. And uh two of my friends in college that I had become close with, um, one of who was gay, whom was gay, and um, our other good friend, they pulled me into a room one day, and they're like, we just want to talk to you, and I was like, okay, and they're like, there was, you know, one of your friends said something that we heard, and it bothered us, and we thought we should tell you, and basically, um, I had a group of girlfriends that I hung out with all the time. I had a group of like these girlfriends that I hung out with all the time in college and uh, my best friend in that group, her, uh, her name was Jordan. Beautiful girl. We're still friends. Love her to death. And one of the other girls had basically said, I think Gina's gay and she's in love with Jordan, which I never had feelings for Jordan, to be completely honest. We mm-hmm. were good friends, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. beautiful girl, but just didn't. Yeah. And she was like, I think Gina's gay. I think she's totally into Jordan. So Somebody's my, jealous. Yeah, so my two friends that pulled me into that room, uh, Robbie and Michelle, they're like, we just think you should know this is what Abby said. Hmm. And I was like really upset because I was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, 
you know, this was something I'd always known about myself, but never confronted, never admitted to myself. So the idea that people were actually talking about it right. uh, freaked me out. So, um, and Robbie and Michelle were like, why do you think she said that about you? They very much knew what they were doing, you know? You can tell us, yeah. is what they were saying. Yeah, they were, they were like, why do, you, why do you think she said that? Like, yeah. does that upset you? Are you okay? And I got really emotional. I broke down. I started crying. Um, and they're like, you know, this is a safe space. Obviously, Robbie was gay, so, you know, it felt like a safer space automatically. Mm. And uh, I remember it took me forever to even say the words, like, I think I might be, I didn't even say gay at the time. Really? I said, I think I might like girls. Oh. But really quickly followed that up with like, but I like boys too. Right. You know, like it's, right. it's not, you know, so it was hard. So that was the first time I confronted it. Um, that summer I was actually, I, I went to Ohio um, because my friend Michelle that, you know, I had just been talking about, uh, got married and, um, I was there with her and Robbie and met some of their friends. And I remember that summer I was like, I just want to be a different person. So I kind of like when it came up, told people I was bi. Wow. And it was like just kind of an experiment. Yeah. And, um, I met a girl and there was like a thing that happened. And then, you know, that's when I finally came to terms. And then I think, um, the first person that I told was my best friend from like growing up in high school. Just like kind of we we're out. Uh, I was back home visiting and I just told her and then it just became like a process of what telling was that people moment like uh, it was it was cool. It was um, it was at like 3 a.m. We were at the beach. We were at like Newport Beach. We were just hanging out catching up. And I just told her I was like. And I remember even then I didn't use the word gay. I was like, I like girls. Like I, I didn't want to <laughs> use that word. I don't know why. I was so scared of it. And um, so yeah, that I came out to her, and you know, it was everyone I came out to eventually, with the exception of one or two people. It was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, that's, like that, it sounds like that's usually the case. Yeah, it's it's the stereotype, but it's very much the case. It was like, yeah, she's like, yeah. You know, I'm not surprised. You know, I support you. I love you. Like, it's all good. Yeah. And that was pretty much everyone's reaction. Right. With the exception of, like, one or two people that I knew from high school. But also those people I weren't, I wasn't super close with. I think it's so weird that, like, all of us are so supportive of it. Mm -hmm. But then when it's our turn, mm -hmm. when it happens to, one, you know, to anybody who's, mm -hmm. who's feeling those kind of feelings, there's so much struggle and weight with that. Even though you know... And the, you're, the people around you have told you over and over again about accepting other people who are mm -hmm. different, check other boxes, whatever yeah. that means. But when it's it's when it's you, it's completely it's just a different ballgame. Well, it's it's also interesting because okay, so I'm a little bit older than you guys. I'm 35. Yeah, I'm so 30. when I came out, it was 2005. Whoa, that's actually huge. And it was a I different didn't stop time. using the word the f word yeah uh not fuck yeah until like 2011 when somebody told me how bad it was yeah i mean listen i use that word too i used a lot of words that i shouldn't have because i didn't really it was the culture which is an excuse but also like yeah it, we were ignorant to a lot of things mm -hmm. and um but yeah so coming out then was very different from i remember even when Haley came out to her family mm -hmm. and it was just like which nobody was saying 
oh, I kind of knew when Haley came out, Nobody right? Nobody like, knew. Yeah, it was very um, unexpected. St- stereotypical girly Iowa girl. Yeah. You know? And also just didn't present gay because she never really was, right? Right. Um, so didn't have that same And I don't want to say stereotypical because she's very unique. Yeah, no, for sure. I know what you mean. But um, everyone was still super accepting, super understanding, super great about it. But yeah, in 2005, that was not really the case. There was a lot of homophobia still out there. It wasn't cool to be gay. There wasn't a right. gay character on every single TV show. Right. Um, we were just starting to see like maybe one or two gay couples in the biggest show. You know what I mean? When like was gay marriage legalized? Uh, two, eight, nine. It was funny because it happened when I was in Chicago on a trip. Hey, that's where I Obama's from. Say, yeah. Yeah. And he's the one that did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh my gosh. I have to ask you, what was it like when, when gay marriage became legal and you were an outwardly gay person? It was awesome. It was, you know, I, it, it made me feel a little emotional, a lot more emotional than I thought I would be. And I remember I was in Boys Town. And, uh, Dude, Boys Town is the best, has the best bars in Chicago. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to remember the bar, my favorite bar that we used to go to. Roscoe's? No. Ah, shoot. I've only been once. It's, oh, dude. my. So it's funny because when I lived in Chicago, we used to go to Boys Town every weekend uh-huh. because the drinks were fucking strong. Yeah, that's. For 10 bucks. I think it was called Roscoe's. Uh-huh. Um, you could get a pitcher of uh, uh, the the iced tea. Um, Long Island iced tea. Long Island iced uh-huh. tea. And, oh my God. A pitcher of Long Island iced tea? For 10 bucks. Wow, that sounds really dangerous. And it it's all, it's like half sugar. Worst hangovers of your life. But I remember one time I went up to these girls and tried hitting on them, and I couldn't convince them that I was straight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was with my friend, one of my best friends in the world, Garrett, was visiting for town, and he's like, he was on a football team. They knew he was straight. They yeah. had no problem. But me sitting there in my V-neck being theater guy, like, I could not convince them. I was like, no. Like, do you want to go have sex right now? I'll prove it to you. <laughs> You're like, let me prove it to you. <laughs> like, I swear to God, I'm not. Let's go gay. back to my place. <laughs> right, and I will show you firsthand how <laughs> straight I am. You know, and they're just giggling like you're so funny. Yeah, yeah you, you want to go shopping? I need a gay friend. Like, no, I'm not that. Uh, so, but I love Boys Town. But sorry, when when legal marriage when it became when gay marriage became legal, you were in Chicago. Yeah, I was in Chicago. I was uh, visiting. It was my first time to Chicago. Really, my only time. Um, and we were like, we got to go out. We got to go out tonight. So we went to Boys Town. And uh, I, I want to say it was like a random weekday and there were just lines to get in everywhere. People were just like driving up and down the street, blaring yes. horns. There were, you know, like rainbow flags. It was a really cool experience. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I did um, um, a gay pride at, yeah. at, at Boys Town a few times. Mm-hmm. It's always just the best. My favorite float I ever saw at the gay pride parade was a um, Chipotle float. <laughs> It said it was a burrito, and it just said "Homo estas." Always <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Find that funny. Okay, before we go to break, I want to play a game with you. Okay. Okay. Um, we're gonna play this game that I play with all my guests. It's sponsored by Ginsburg Jewelers. Got it. And it's called True Love and Two Lies.
Two Lies, brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers. Uh, thank you so much to Steve and the team over at Ginsburg Jewelers for sponsoring this segment. Uh, if you want to go in and check out Ginsburg Jewelers, it's they're going to take so good care of you. Steve and the team, they're amazing people. There's a reason they've been in business for so long. Find them over on the corner of Collins Road and First Avenue in Cedar Rapids. Right across the street from Best Buy, they share a, a parking lot with Poncheros, Dick's Sporting Goods is right there, but go and check out Ginsburg Jewelers and let them know that One Word Stories or the LAS Podcast Network sent you, and they're going to give you 10% off on your next order, so that's a lot of money, okay, because jewelry is such a special gift, and it really does tell a story, which is kind of a coincidence, because we're talking about stories here today. So, Gina. Yes. Are you ready to play True Love and Two Lies? Yes, Spon- definitely. Sponsored by Ginsburg Jewelers. Um, okay, I've got three stories here for you. Okay. One of them's true. Okay. Okay? I need you to guess the correct one. Okay. All right? I wrote all three of them, though, just a heads up, because I wanted them to all sound pretty similar. Like all right. they, they all sound like they're coming from my voice. Okay. But one of them is a real story. It's based okay. on the real thing, and the facts are real. Okay? All right. So... Without Let's any f- see how well my bullshit meter does. Uh, the death is in the details, okay? Because if that's what I've been finding with, I'm going to give you a tip here that I have never given to a guest in the past. But it seems like the more details I give, you know what? Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I doing this? I'm going to shut up now, okay? Let's just go. Story number one. So my husband and I have always been huge fans of The Bachelor. We've watched every season since Colton's season and haven't stopped since. One season of The Bachelor, one of the moms was a little overly dramatic by crying to her son, who was on The Bachelor saying, quotation, uh, a quote, bring her home, unquote. And my boyfriend and I haven't, have always joked about that moment in the show. Well, last year, during Hannah's season, Hannah B's season, we got tickets to the Men Tell All special episode. We went to the studios in L.A. to see the show, and afterwards, when we waited around to meet some of the cast members, the dramatic mother of The Bachelor, Peter, came out and said to my boyfriend, referring to me, bring her home. We laughed hysterically, and then she dropped, he dropped the knee and proposed. I couldn't be more happy. That's a lie. You think that's a lie? Yes. Why? Because I know The Bachelor very well. I do, too. And the chronological order doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Peter's season happened after Hannah B's season because Peter was a finalist so that whole bring her home happened way after her mental all special oh my god Gina you're so right oh my god yeah and I call myself the bachelor nation king <laughs> oh you're so funny oh my god yeah. and you know exactly who I was talking about when Colton season yeah then. well damn I am called out as hell yep sorry I've been watching since Colton's season. <laughs> this was a story straight from my heart. I've been watching since like season one of The Bachelorette. Really? Trista season. Yeah. I didn't know we were both part oh. of Bachelor Nation. I love The Bachelor Nation. Oh, I love The Bachelor. <laughs> Aren't you so happy they got rid of Chris Hansen? Uh, yeah, Harrison. Chris yes. Harrison. Wait, who's Chris Hansen? I don't know. The oh, Hanson brothers. No, Chris Hansen's know. the guy from uh, Dateline who who would catch the pedophiles. Oh. Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. You're on Dateline. Yeah. Um, can I ask you what, what those are for, sir? That guy. That's Chris. Got it. He was not on The Bachelor. No. <laughs> he was the, that's a very no. different show. Oh, man. This is the most called out I've ever been mm-hmm. on True Love and Two Lies. Congratulations. Thank you. First place on calling me out. I'll take that crown. Wow. I'm, I'm blown away that you, <laughs> that you knew that order. Because, yes, Peter is from Hannah's season. Yep. 
Why didn't I think of that when writing this? God dang it. Okay. Story number two. So my girlfriend then and I were in Hawaii, which is a very special place for us. We were actually on a beach in Kauai, and we were laying there in some lawn chairs while we wanted to uh, see the ocean. I actually handed her a a sucker or a ring pop, and the ring pop, when she got to the end of it, she was just eating away, and I said, hey, do you want another one? And I handed her the actual wedding ring. She, of course, said yes, and oddly enough, we actually got married in the same exact spot one year later when we brought our family back. Hawaii has always been very special to us. We've now been married for three years, and we have a child on the way. That's story number two. Do I get to hear the next one before I decide which one's the lie? You definitely get to hear the next one before you, you decide, okay. but I am curious to hear your thoughts before you know. hear the last one. It's, it sounds believable. Yeah. I don't know how many guys would do this ring pop thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it sounds clever enough, but most guys, I mean, in the moment, it's they don't get that clever. It's too nerve-wracking. That is a really clever way to propose to somebody. Yeah. but It's cute. It's clever, but it's like... So you're saying that I'm clever enough to come up with that, but yeah. regular guys are not. Yeah. Whoa. Thanks, yeah. Gina. I appreciate that. Story number three. So it was January 1st. The new year had just begun, and my then-girlfriend and I were on our way to our favorite hiking spot in North Dakota, where my family is from. We started the hike thinking that it would be just a regular day filled with picnics, talking, and nature. But instead, I had a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a caterer, yes, a caterer, waiting at the top of this giant hill where I was planning to propose. When we got there, she immediately knew what was going to happen, but I proceeded to bring her to the flowers, sit her down at the table, and then tell her that nothing would make me happier than if she spent the rest of her life with me. She said yes, and we've been happy ever since. See, this seems like a trick, right? Because a third one seems like, how are you going to get a caterer to the top of the hill? But it's also a like... Van. Yeah, that's true. But it's <laughs> like, why would you get a caterer to the top? They had they had a, they had a picnic, you said? Uh, they... Sh- I, they said it was, uh, it would be just a, wait, um, we started the hike thinking that it would be just a regular day filled with picnics, talking in nature. Okay. That's, there, all, that's all I can give you. Okay. I can't, I don't know anything it else. It seems like three makes less sense, but maybe that's the trick, you know? Okay. Well, so is it story one, the bachelor one? <laughs> it's definitely not that one. <laughs> is it story two? Ring pop in Hawaii, uh-huh. or is it story number three, hiking with a caterer? I'm going to say it's story number two. Ring pop, ring pop in Hawaii? Yeah. Final answer? Yeah. Let's find out. Okay. So when I proposed to my wife, Megan, I did it on a beach in Kauai. Uh, <laughs> we were on vacation and visiting my folks. I love being right. You're and right. There was a spot on the beach that was always a favorite of ours because there was a log that was there. We'd been there the year before. And so we went out there this time and I actually had bought a ring pop. And so we're sitting on the bench and I handed her a ring pop. And so she is like, you know, you know, sitting there like licking the ring pop, having a great time. And she finishes the thing off and I'm like, hey, do you want another one? And I pulled out the actual ring. 
and I proposed to her right there on a beach in Hawaii. And it was pretty cool because then uh, about a year later, we came back and we got married uh, in pretty much the same spot. So it was pretty cool. Hawaii's always been pretty special to us. And yeah, that's my engagement story. Gina, you were correct. I love that. Congratulations. You have won true love and two lies. You get to have whatever drink you want out of the mini fridge. Yes. We've got Sprite, Diet, Coke, root beer, water, you name it. Amazing. You can have one of each even if you want, oh. Gina. You're a real winner today. You know, just the satisfaction of knowing that I Just anytime anyone says you're right. That's, that's winning enough. It's just like... Yeah, music to my ears. That story was from my good friend Rob Merritt, who is a super talented videographer, singer, playwright. Uh, if you haven't ever seen The Summerland Project, the play, or the movie Amelia 2.0, do yourself a favor and go watch them. Rob is one of the most talented people in our in our community. And I'm actually going to have him on soon on season two, so be on the lookout for that episode. Thank you so much, Rob Merritt, and congratulations to Rob and Megan on their upcoming baby. I did just add that into the story. He didn't say that at all. Gina, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up this interview. Thank you so much for saying yes to this, and uh, everybody, stick around for two minutes. We will be right back. Hi. Greetings. Hello. Uh, hello there. I'm Alan Way, and I'm your dungeon master for this new live play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Myths of Myria. This podcast is for those looking to rediscover the joy of adventure, and helping me on this journey is my lovable nerdy cast. I'm Josh Wagner, and I'll be playing... Shadow. I'm Jackson Parker, and I will be playing... Valros Visago. I'm Morgan Willis, and I'll be playing... If you like fantastical and otherworldly character-driven stories, political and military intrigue, snide gamblers, or discovering what's on the other side of the looking glass, then you are going to love our brand new podcast as a part of the LAS Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. To support our show and other local creators like us, subscribe to LAS Plus. And for more information on that, you can go to LAS podcastnetwork.com. And just remember, you don't have to know anything about Dungeons & Dragons to fall in love with this podcast. And little did you know that this entire trailer was the verbal components to a spell. And now you're enchanted to listen every Monday to Myths of Myria. So, welcome. 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 To Myria. L-A-S. Hello guys, my name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years, and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. Plus. 
For more information on that, head on over to LASpodcastnetwork.com. L-A-S. Welcome back to One Word Stories, the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. I'm Alex Schulte, and I am here joined with my cousin-in-law, Gina Bjorn. Gina, thanks again for saying yes to this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thanks trying to, for having me. I'm trying to play producer and and uh, uh, host at the same time, so I realized I need to fade the song out. Oh, it just stopped. Okay, cool. Oh, well, there you that go. worked out really well. I yeah. was like, oh, shoot, is this going to go on forever? <laughs> <laughs> just the rest of the show. <laughs> just we're the... just going to have this music <laughs> on repeat. It just it doesn't make any sense. Um, so we're talking about confidence. And yeah. I, I've loved what we've talked about so far. To recap, yes, you won. Two true love and two lies. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but also, also, we've talked about you coming out and where your confidence comes from over the years and how it's grown over the years. Yeah. But I kind of want to pick up exactly the timeline where we left off and start going into your high school years when you were still in the closet, but you were probably still a pretty confident person, even though you weren't um, outwardly yourself just quite yet. Yeah, I mean, I was always... Uh, I guess you could say I was like a popular kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, there's no way you didn't have tons of friends. <laughs> I you know it's interesting because it's kind of like how my whole life has always been. I've always had different groups of friends, so I was a bit of a theater geek, um, but really stayed on the like the tech side. You were oh okay. I was gonna say you were in shows. Um, no, because they always wanted me backstage so i was usually running and audio you, you obviously look great in black yeah exactly <laughs> that's where my love of black started um you know and uh so i was involved in all the productions from you know the theater productions to show choir to all of it mm-hmm. and then um but and then i was in mock trial um oh, and then as so far that's as where like, your love of being right comes from yes <laughs> and then um uh, as far as like just my school friends go i was a i hung out with uh i wouldn't say that i was a bully (laughs) but um dude it's funny you say that because i kind of felt like i was a bully in middle school but i also got bullied yeah but i was a bully as like a defense mechanism yeah i was 100 percent a bully but here's the thing where i grew up you didn't get bullied for being nerdy or a geek or anything like that um it was really cool to do well in school um, we're one of the best high schools nationally ranked and stuff like that. So, and one of, in the best, uh, school district in California. So, um, academics wow. was always a big thing where we were from, but it was more so, um, because we were predominantly Asian, as I mentioned before, it was a lot of, um, bullying based on age. Cause there's a age? lot of, yeah. So there's like honorifics in Korean, right? So it's like you speak, I don't know uh, what honorifics is. So it's, it's speaking in like, um, a formal versus casual way. Got it. So when you speak to people older than you, you use like formal language, essentially like a respectful language. Understood. And you call older people like um, your elder. You refer to them as your elder, even if it's a year, even if it's like okay. one grade. Yeah, this is like a very like Korean culture thing, but it most of the Asian culture. So like in high school, you picked on kids that were just younger than you, essentially. It's not because they were not popular. It wasn't because they were, you know, wearing the wrong thing necessarily. It was just because they were younger than you. So there was a lot of like that elder. kind of, Yeah. It's it's ridiculous when you think about it now, but it's just like that was very much the culture at my school. Um 
But yeah, so. So do you think you were uh, protecting yourself maybe from doing that or just following along with whatever one else was doing? You know, I wasn't super respectful to the people older than me is a funny thing. I expected to be respected, but well, I wasn't were they Were they as mean to you as you were to the younger kids? So I had, I remember there was this one incident uh, where this girl that was like two years older than me, um, she just was kind of shitty. And uh, she would always talk shit about me and my friends that she walked by. And it was, ex- you were expected to take it because she was older. Mm. And one day I just got fed up and I talked shit to her. And it started a whole thing. So I guess yeah. confidence started pretty early yeah. on. Yeah, good for <laughs> you. Good for you. And uh, I was not, it, it was it was funny because um, after that whole incident went down in front of the whole school where I pretty much like just put her down and everyone was like, whoa, what is this freshman doing to this junior? Mm. Um, a bunch of the senior girls came up the next day and they were like ready to kick my ass. Man, this sounds like a Netflix series. Yeah, <laughs> they were ready to come kick my ass. And then one of the other senior girls came over and was like, hey, like drag them away, like dragging them away from me. Mm. And I don't know what it, she was someone that I knew. She was like a friend's older sister. But um. Uh, the senior girls came back and they apologized to me and they left. And I was like, hey, what did you say to them? What? And they were like, oh, I just told them who your older sister was. <gasps> <gasps> really? Yeah, because my sister was considerably older than me. And I think, actually, I must have been a sophomore. So she was seniors. their elder. Yeah. But I guess she was really scary in high school. Um, Damn. Or something like that. Talk so, about paving the way. Yeah, exactly. Damn. So no one really messed with me throughout high school. So there was a little bit of confidence. God, you're lucky. I got messed with a lot in high school. I was the oldest brother. Uh, yeah. So you paved the way. <laughs> I think my brothers got picked on too. I don't know. Uh, see, I I had a very I have a very loud personality. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty I have a big personality. Yeah. So I uh, am in front of people a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely in people's mind maybe more so than most people, be- just because I put myself out there so yeah. much. So it naturally came back to me. But I think it's jealousy, too. When people see people that can be out there and in front of people and take on being the center of attention and feel yeah. comfortable there, I think people get jealous because they're not as comfortable in their own skin. True. Yeah, I, absolutely. And a lot of my bullying came from jealousy, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling insecure, feeling stupid mm-hmm. or feeling um, ugly or, or whatever, you know, it was. But but yeah, I don't know. That's that's a really good point. And I, I don't really think about that as often as I probably should. That yeah. Most of that does come with je- from jealousy. Mm-hmm. But um, I like, think most of, yeah, I think most of the shitty things we do in life to other people, I think, come from our insecurities or from jealousy. Yep. Um, There's and, a lot of stuff I did that I definitely regret, you know, yeah, from middle school and high school. 100%. Uh, and I, like, there, there's one girl mm-hmm. that I told her she had an, uh, a weird smile oh. when I was in seventh grade and she was in sixth. She was on stage, and I was like, you smile. I think I told her she smiled like a goat. Oh, what does a goat smile like, Alex? I like all teeth, <laughs> but like, you know, nar- I don't know. Uh, man. It was it was a really mean thing to, to yeah. say, and I know it had to have shattered her. If there's one, th- there's a lot of things you shouldn't pick on, and one of those things is somebody's smile. Like something that brings another person joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. And then it makes them, exactly. Yeah, we all do, we my, all do my, terrible things. My though. dad told my Aunt Mary that she had a weird smile, and then she always smiled weird. I think Mary has a beautiful smile. I think Aunt Mary has a beautiful smile, too. I'm going to smack Scott the next time right? I see him. But, like, my dad doesn't strike you as the kind of person that would say something like that no, to anybody. but that's, you know, brothers and sisters. You know, they but just. My Uncle Brad knocked out one of my dad's teeth 
as they were when they were kids is over a pair of socks. So I know. cannot imagine Brad getting physical. Brad punched my dad in the face. Oh my God! And really? Knocked a tooth out because my dad was wearing his socks. I just can't imagine Brad. I mean, they were teenagers. I you mean, know, yeah. they, were, they were kids. Yeah, they were. Now they're adult, they're sixty years old now and <laughs> have their emotions on lock. You know, they're not yeah. going to have any emotional breakdowns. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I would hope not. Right, right. Schulte but, family Christmas would be a very different kind of affair. <laughs> it would be awesome. I'd never miss it. Right. <laughs> Holy shit! What's going to happen? Uh, this? Give him the chair. Um. Um. But yeah, I have so much regrets about yeah, things like that. But me too. I, when I, I so I went to Catholic school until fourth grade, and wasn't super confident. Switched over to public school in fifth grade, and was the new kid. And all these girls had crushes on me. I remember, and it was awesome. Yeah. But the most popular kid at school who was used to that hated me mm-hmm. and started really bullying me. Started calling me the F word, not mm. fuck, all the time, and and telling me, you know, that I was ugly and fat and all this all this stuff. And then uh one day I remember at recess, um he we were playing football at recess and he was like, You better show up F word. I don't want to say it on the show. Yeah. And so I showed up and uh I uh I scored a touchdown on him. And he goes, whatever, you're a little bitch, you know, and all this stuff. I went, shut up. And I'm not going to say his name here. Yeah. Shut up, uh, to Tom. We'll, we'll call him Tom. Okay. His name is definitely not Tom. Uh, I was like, sorry to all the Toms out sorry. there. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend's dad name is Tom. And Tom is one of the nicest people ever. Shout out to Tom Vandervaart real quick. But anyway, let's call this guy Tom for all intents and purposes. I was like, shut up, Tom. And I pushed him. And then one of the teachers saw it, and then I had to skip recess the next day. <laughs> and I cried so hard. But that was like the one that was the first time in my life that I retaliated to another kid. And it wasn't the last, you yeah. know, because then it started happening a lot more then. Yeah. And even asking my dad and my mom, they remember that a, f- a switch got flipped in me yeah. when I got bullied in fifth grade. And it was like I decided that year that no one was ever going to mess with me again. And then I started getting really defensive <clears throat> and really mean. In uh, particularly in middle school, yeah, I was definitely bullied when I was a little kid. Um, I went to a school where there were no Asian people, and uh, I got teased a lot when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And this one particular girl used to bully the crap out of me. And then I moved finally to like where I grew up mostly. And um, even elementary school, I didn't have like a ton of friends. And then middle school started changing. So and middle school was good for you. No. Okay. It was mean because for the first time ever, I was hanging out with like the quote unquote popular crowd. Got it. Um, but the girls were mean. It was like one day you were their friend, right? And the next day they were teasing you. You're there, and but you wanted to stay enemy. in. Yes. Yeah, you wanted to stay in. I had a relationship exactly like that. Exactly like that. I could either be his best friend or I could be his worst enemy. Yeah. And he would threaten to beat me up. He would tell all his friends that I'm racist. That was a thing he did to me Whoa. one time. He was a, a black friend of mine. Uh-huh. And we were best friends, and we hung out every day throughout middle school. But if we weren't hanging out, if, I, if, if he started to treat me too much, too badly, which he did every day. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, I would get enough of it. Then he would go and tell people that I'm racist or, um, um, uh, you know, say that I'm a... a gay or whatever and, and he would really point out like my physical insecurities that he really knew about mm-hmm. to to people uh oh god i think it's just a weird time for kids right it is middle school is just hard i know everyone's going through it you know my cousin yeah. kaya is in middle school yeah. right now i'm like oh buddy i'm here for you dude yeah i'm here for you bud like I know. middle school's hard it's a rough time it is a rough time kids are really mean it gets better 
it gets better. And that is the message of today. You yeah. know, um, if you don't feel confident, don't worry. Things are going to happen to make you confident. Yeah. Like I, I think for everybody, as long as we're patient and we truly believe that and we keep working on ourselves, there's no reason for you to not be confident really soon here. Yeah. I mean, I remember coming out of the closet, all my insecurities came out again. Like never being in a relationship, never. I felt like wow. I was going through puberty for the first time all over again, but oh, as a 19-year-old. That's so interesting. Yeah. And uh, people made fun. I remember getting fun of when I first came out because I hadn't been in a relationship yet. And a couple of the girls in this group of friends that I had made were like, oh, Gina's like the virgin. She's never even like, have you even kissed oh a girl? You know gosh. what I mean? It was stuff like that. Roll and I was like, eyes. oh. But, um, you know, there's always going to be. I feel like there's always points in your life where you're going to find reasons to be insecure because you're going to be the new person or the least experienced person in whatever shape or form. Mm -hmm. But like, you just got to get beyond that Mm -hmm. and just like be confident in the person that you are, Mm -hmm. you know? And once I found that in every stage of my life, you know, I've been able to, you know, just be happy mostly. So much easier said than done. Yes. 100%. You know, because I, I feel like everybody hears that. You just got to be yourself and then you're going to feel confident. Once mm-hmm. you stop giving a, a fuck what everybody else thinks, then you're mm-hmm. going to be good. But how? How do I not give a fuck what everybody else thinks? You know, I care what people think about me 100%. Me too, um, big time. Yeah, big but time. I also have that mentality of like, I care what you think about me, but I'm going to make sure you know that like, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> So if I say Make that sure this that is you great, know that you're my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I say that this is cool and what I'm doing is cool, you're going to believe it. But you you think that at 35, but ha- you know, when's the first time you started thinking that? It wasn't even at 20 when you came out. It was what, what was probably five years ago, ten years ago. I don't know. You know. I don't know when that started. You know. I don't know when. It I just f- slowly happens. That's yeah. the thing is, I don't think I know when my confidence really started either. But mm-hmm. I just found myself eventually to be confident. Yeah. It happens slowly over time, like most things. Yeah. It takes time. You know, uh, morning takes time. Everything, ta- growth takes time. I think for a lot of people, like, it, it, it comes with, like, when you start dating or when mm. you start getting girls or guys it's, or whoever, It's right? that validation. Yeah, it's the validation, 100%. And, like, you know, how we always say, like, oh, that person's out of your league, this person's out of your oh, league. Oh, I remember that, too. You know? Yeah. You know, I remember... Which I still feel like there are people out of my league, you know, if I, like, wanted to date again. But, like, I'm not going to go and date a, a Victoria's Secret model, even though I don't have any intention of that. I'm very in love. I truly, and I don't remember when this started, but I truly believe nobody is out of my league. Really? That is kind of how I appro- I've always approached, not always, but whenever that started, that's kind of how I will approach a woman. That's awesome. Is like, oh, no. Teach me your ways. Well, I mean, no, I don't, I'm not really, <laughs> I, I think that confidence can spill over to everything else besides just romantic yeah. relationships too, though. Yeah. That, that comes into play in your work. That comes into play in being interviewed on a podcast. Mm-hmm. It comes into play in meeting the parents. Mm-hmm. All, all of it, you know? It's a reason we're so close now. Yeah. Is because you're confident and it was so easy for us to talk. Yeah, and, and hit it off at such a, a fast pace. Yeah. You know? How many hours have I actually spent with you in our lives? Probably not that many, but it's been years now that we've known each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it's been, what, five, six years? Something five? like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, however long you've been dating Haley. We're coming up on six years next year. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so about five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we have to bring this interview to a close here pretty soon. So I'd kinda like to speed round it to the rest of your life. Okay. To the beginning. Okay. Um we did middle school, mm-hmm. ha- elementary school. What were you into? What did you want to be when you grew up when you were like a cop. eight? Really? I wanted to be a cop. Oh, that's fun. I wanted a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I watched a lot of action movies as a kid. Yeah. I also like just like loved playing with guns and swords, like the little boys, yeah. you know? And so like were you, were you always a tomboy? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like I, my parents thought I was gonna be a boy. Um, I don't know why. They just thought I, I think old wives tales type yeah, reasons, yeah. but they thought I was gonna be a boy. And so I was definitely my dad's little son, basically. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well that's perfect. Um uh go before that. Kindergarten, where are we at? Oh, kindergarten was, I was heavily bullied. Really? Yeah. Kindergarten, first grade, something like that. Heavily bullied. I was really shy. I was like the quietest kid in my class, the smallest kid in my class. I don't know. Interesting. But only in school. Did, did you go to kindergarten? Uh, was it like, for me, kindergarten was a one year and then it was off. I was off to another school. It was, I was only at that school for kindergarten. And then I went elsewhere. Were you at kindergarten through like fifth grade? So kindergarten and first grade were the same school. And then in the middle of second grade, I moved to. Got it. Like where my hometown. Because I think basically. as a kid, it's, it's good to have a reset every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I think it was healthy. I think it was because nobody looked like me back then where the school mm, I was at. So I was very like shy and felt insecure. And, and that goes back to how we started the episode of yeah. being surrounded by people yeah. who are like you. That's why I truly do believe it's a privilege to grow up as a majority. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it instills this type of confidence and like. You know, just being comfortable in your own skin. Right. And by the way, listener, we're not saying that this is how people should be raised. You, no. You know, we should all it's stick just, to our races. It's just No, a not at all. It's just like I never realized how lucky I was to be able to experience um, being a person of color and being, you know, um, a typical minority in most places. Like what it feels like to not be in that situation. I have a friend who's Korean also, and she was adopted, but she grew up around you know, obviously her family was white and like she grew up and she said she had a very different experience for me. And she was uh-huh. like, yeah, it's just it. I, she's like, I definitely see that you're so much more comfortable in certain uh-huh. things because of that. And that's uh-huh. really cool. Uh-huh. But yeah, let's go before that. Um, you're like what, one years old What's to five that? years old. You're a little kid. Yeah. Where are you born? L.A.? Uh, I was born in, yeah, Redondo Beach. But yeah, L.A. Got it. Again, we're in Cedar yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, in LA. Suburbs. I was born in LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how was that? Great. How you do? Do you remember anything from before five years old? Really? Uh, I remember being outside a lot. I just played a lot. That's cool. There was a neighborhood that we lived in with a bunch of little kids, and I remember playing with them all the time. What was like your thing? My thing was Batman and Power Rangers. I don't remember. Ninja Turtles. I I think I liked all the things. Yeah. I watched a lot of Sesame Street. That was my thing too. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You go weren't to a Barney preschool. kid. No, I was really? a little old for Barney. Oh, really? I remember Barney coming out when I was in elementary school. Huh. Did you used to sing the like bad Barney songs? I remember uh, you got teased if you were into Barney. When oh I yeah, was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were into all this stuff. I was really into Mister Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street. Oh. I watched Mister Rogers' Neighborhood every single day. Anybody that was raised on Mr. Rubber's na- Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street turns out to be a good person. That's a fact, 100% true. Uh, there's no bad people who watch that show ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? We might be casting a little bit wider net than we intend, <laughs> but whatever. Um, Gina, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of One yeah. Word Stories. I, I, do you have anything else you'd like to add to confidence before we get out of here? And head on over to the LAS Plus exclusive post show of One Word Stories where everybody should join us. Subscribe uh, to LAS Plus. No, I think we covered it. Well, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Yeah, of course. This Thanks was for having me. It was a lot so of fun. So cool. I'm, I, I know you had limited time while you're back in town, so I feel very privileged 
and honored to to have you in here for the couple hours that I got you. Oh, thanks. So I love you. Love and you too. I'm, I'm so glad that we're we're related now. It's, yeah, it's I love know, it. I'm, we're in it for the rest of our lives now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you'll, whenever you're, we're, we're gonna have to have you back sometime if you'll ever say yes again because this conversation was just too much fun. Um, everybody. Where can people find you? Is, do you want to like shout out anywhere people can find you on social media or anything? Or like, I'm a private. Or are we staying? I, I we're stay staying, private. Well, we're going to stay. Okay, usually we will send you somewhere to find more of this person. But Gina, this is all you're going to get of her from now. <laughs> for now. So, and, and that's kind of really special anyway. Yeah. And because your story is so interesting and unique. And we don't have a lot of people with, you know, uh, with that exact. We have nobody with that exact story anywhere <laughs> in the world, but especially here in Iowa, we don't hear that story too often. So um, at least often enough. So I'm glad to hear that your confidence came from so much uh, 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 ups and downs in your life. And, and it seems like, you know, you're really thriving these days. Yeah. So life is good. All right. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks for having us. Uh, you're so you're so welcome i'll have both of you on any time <laughs> all of your personality yeah. all the voices in your head are welcome um thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of one word stories this is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell i have been your host alex schulte joined by gina gina Bion. and if you want more of one word stories please subscribe to las plus go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus and for $10, you can get access to the exclusive One Word Stories post-show, ad-free episodes of this show, bonus content from other shows, and a lot more merch, discounts at live events, uh, the, the, the gifts keep on giving. So, and also, you're supporting local. That's, that's really the biggest thing. Is, is you're, it's, we're, we're like a Netflix, but for local podcasts and local creators. And we are trying to find opportunities to pay our creators, and that's one of the ways we can do that. So thank you so much for supporting. And uh, uh, you listening is support enough but if you want to give more we won't we won't stop you also feel free to give me a good review on apple Podcasts and spotify it helps the algorithm tell everybody else that this thing's this thing exists and also also share this around let people know that this is a really special thing that we're doing locally um gina for the millionth time thank you so much for coming on to the show everybody else you listener yes you in your car right now where you're most likely listening to this thank you so much and my question to you that I will leave you with, as always, what's your word? The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. L-A-S Mango Mustache Media